Hello, listeners, and welcome to yet again another episode of EdgeGuard, a podcast that, as I'm sure you know by now, given its widespread uh, universal fame, a podcast that takes a closer look at games on the fringe. I am your host, Jordan, and with me, as always, is my friend and co-host, Blake. Here we are, back at it again. We're world famous. Everyone knows our name. At this point, I need no introduction. <laughs> That's true. I'm just going to call you the other one. The other one. I mean. That's me. You're the main guy, and I'm the other one. Or we're both the other one. Um, oh, no the, one's the main guy. What? No one's the main guy. Uh, there is no. We don't believe in hierarchy here at Edgeguard. We're very egalitarian. Well, so. speak for yourself. <laughs> you believe in, in hierarchy? Wow, messed up. Well, uh, so the game we're talking about this week um, is. I mean, it's one of the, those games we've played that uh, stretches the definition of the word game uh, mm-hmm. in productive ways. I don't mean that as a critique. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, it, yeah. it really is very different. But I think game is the best uh, best shorthand for what it is. It's called Cyber mm. Pet Graveyard. Uh, it's by Natalie Lawhead. Um, also known as Alien Melon. Alien Melon. Uh, I guess uh, she has some... She's a, a known uh, quantity, which I, I had never heard of her before, but it seems like mm. she has a, a quite a large following on both Itch and Twitter and mm. has like a, a ton of games, actually. I was going through her, her Itch page. She has like mm-hmm. 15 up there. Yeah. So a very prolific creator. Yeah, um, she actually recently published a... Uh, I think this is actually how I found out about her published a... like. Uh, I've been making weird alternative games for 10 years. Here's a retrospective. So 10 uh, years. I think, she, huh? I think she's been at, she's been out there. Uh, huh. and I can see, uh, now having played one of her games, why, uh, she has gained some following and some respect because, uh, this game is at the very least inventive. Oh uh, yeah. And at the very most it's, it's good. I, I don't know how to phrase yeah. that properly, <laughs> but it's good. Again, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting thing. And like you said, it's kind of hard to call this a game because it's not super playful. It's kind of one of those games that falls more into the uh, interactive art piece. Well, it's playful in the other sense of that word. Sure. Being like yes. silly mm. and like, uh, you know, lighthearted. But tongue in it, cheek. Tongue in cheek also. But mm. not less playful and like, like gameful. In the sense of like you know, obvious goals, mechanics. Um, mechanics. I mean, maybe maybe it would be uh, good for listeners that we just do a quick little summary of what the game is. So you maybe download a zip folder that mm. is multiple folders and uh, executable files within it, rather than just mm. usually it's just one plus a readme. Mm. Um, and then you unpack it and from that first moment I knew something was going to be strange because it was like Mm -hmm. 800 megabytes and that's way bigger than like all the games we've played. Yeah. Uh, And then you basically, there's like a series of interconnected folders for you to explore and you basically the interface for the game is just your like desktop. You just are clicking through the folders. Well, the file system on your computer. Yeah. Right. The file system on your computer. Um, and uh, the there's a, a loose kind of absurdist narrative that has something to do with this 
corporation that was making cyber it's a tech pets. startup. Tech startup in like the late mm. 90s or early 2000s. Some sort of strange disaster happened where all the employees got merged with like their consciousnesses were imprinted on these cyber pet applications. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you click through the folders and there's all these like email records or like text files and various stuff from the there's company. A, there's a ton of stuff. It's just ton of a stuff. bunch of files to sift through that, uh, you know, it's either contributing to the narrative or adding flavor or just being silly. And yeah, there's a, there's like a, a lot of shit. Uh, and a lot of a wide variety of stuff too, but oh, the, yeah, the biggest, uh, uh, most like original interesting thing is there are like exe files for all the cyber pets mm-hmm. that have the consciousnesses of the employees in them, and when mm-hmm. you open them, they make these little like graphical cute things that appear on your desktop and just hop around your desktop. And mm. it's sort of like weird. It produces this like weird effect where it's like, it's like it's just a. Sometimes it just seems like it's just a part of your computer that's just kind of like hanging out in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like Clippy or something. Yeah, it just is like out, Clippy. Being like, hey, what's up? Yeah, I'll help you with stuff. And they move around. Sometimes they stuff. stay windowed, and sometimes they don't have a visible window. Uh-huh. Like sometimes the they'll be in a window that's like moving around your screen, which yeah. is weird. Other times it's just like the graphic itself that's moving around, like a little yeah, cartoon. Yeah, I, I want to know how ghost. the hell they did that. I don't. Even, I didn't even know that was a thing that an application could do. It's just like exist <laughs> without a window and just be like, "What's up? I'm a little animating guy." Like, uh, we'll we'll talk more about why this is a feeling later. But this is the most I've ever felt like uh, one of the games we played was gonna give my game my computer a virus. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. it just felt. Like, if for no other reason than for the number of times you have to click uh, Windows yeah. um, doesn't yes, recognize the publisher of this file. <laughs> yeah, and also uh, because the game direct- directly tells you like part of the sort of in-narrative fiction is like yeah, yeah. this is a cursed piece of software and if you open it like it'll damage your computer or something which we haven't we didn't uh, you didn't mention like the sort of meta narrative which is that um, in the sort of root directory after you've um, extracted the files uh, from the zip there's oh, this right, little right. executable that you open up and it's like a message from the software history foundation or something uh, what is it uh, message from the data history foundation and you open it up and it's this little application that's like uh, this is a partnership between the Data History Foundation and the so and so the Electronic Historic Artifacts Foundation and the Virtual Humanities and Digital Arts Preservation Foundation for Global Science and Technology Research. <laughs> There's yeah. like eight different foundations with uh, ridiculous acronyms. Yeah. <laughs> that are so listed. the so the so the frame story is kind of that like these foundations with the goal of sort of. Uh, um, keeping uh sort of being a museum or cure not not curating um sort of uh maintaining for posterity old outmoded software and uh i think implicitly games but i don't know if that's ever explicitly said um have preserved this uh have found this uh compact disc from the early 2000s uh that's the cyber pet graveyard and there's like a, a little part where it's like three of the four uh um, foundations think believe this uh, this oh, yeah. disc to be cursed. Uh, however, <laughs> the other one, one does not, and we 
cannot come into alignment on this. Anyway, check it out. And then after mm-hmm. that, you're sort of left to your own devices to explore these directories, uh, which if it's not clear at this point, you're literally clicking around in Windows Explorer or I assume if you do the Mac version, it's all in Finder. Uh, you're just clicking mm, through probably. file folders on your computer that have images, text files, HTML web pages, um, videos, and executables. Uh, and you're just kind of like clicking around, taking it all in. Um, and there's, a, there is a lot of it. I don't, I don't know that I've, I definitely didn't get like a, a super close reading of everything. Cause at a certain point it's just like, I don't know. I was a, a little bit, uh, exhausted and, it, but it kind of allows you to, you know, it's, it's all up to your own devices. So I sort of, uh, read and watched and, uh, viewed all the things that sort of interested me and then the things that were a little bit less interesting to me I was kind of like oh, okay I'll just uh, I'll just leave those uh, web pages over there and uh, uh, move on but where would you like where would you like to start actually like kind of diving in here um, okay so the first thing I want to talk about is uh, actually not the whole like exe adventure that you take but the mm-hmm. the like folder based um, like it, text adventure, text adventure, yeah, yeah, like Twine Game almost. Um, yeah. where you 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 like how the game starts is you have the message from the Data History Foundation, and then mm-hmm. the first folder is called Artifact underscore three four eight one seven. So you know it's just like this is the the file that they have archived in their grand archive, and you click through it, mm-hmm. and there's three files, two folders, and one GIF file that. Uh, you click on it, and it's like an image that says, your journey leads you down a dark road. The graveyard is just up ahead. Mm. And the two folders are Country Road and Cyberpunk Graveyard. And then you can, like, like click through, like, in, you know, Zork or something, where it's, like, mm. you know, road to the hills, north, sure. south. Um, uh, what did you think about that? I thought that was a, an interesting way to organize a narrative. Uh, well remember that part when I was talking about how there were things that I was less interested in, so I didn't really follow them. The whole text adventure. It wasn't that I didn't think it was interesting. It's just that I had already, already gone through the whole graveyard and I was, um, I don't know. I guess to me, it just felt like a unnatural way to go through these. It was just kind of tedious to like click on a file. It opens up in my browser and then I like close it, come back um, yeah. if they were like hyperlinked or something, then I would have been more down to kind of like follow it down the uh-huh. whole trail. But the, it was, it was kind of like just tedious enough. Like the other stuff, since I was just, it was just like popping up a little text editor and I could like still have my, um, my like windows Explorer open over here. And so I could easily like click back to the files and like most of the EXEs are taking up a small amount of screen space. I was like, cool. But the, the fact that they was just like, all right, it's loading over my browser and then I have to like go over and I have a bunch of windows. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, I didn't really follow it. I mean, I did, I did follow, I did touch every directory that I found and, uh, we didn't uh, open every file. I didn't open every HTML file. Uh, Did you meet the bat? Uh yeah, the bat and the spider. The bat and the spider. Okay, that's yeah good. yeah. Like any executables, I was I I think I still ran all of them. Okay uh, okay. The, but yeah, I just wasn't necessarily like. There's a lot of HTML files which is like a plebeian. It's like a plebeian named Fillmore greets you. Fillmore is very tall for the. Oh age. yeah like, yeah, that's true. I yeah. like I didn't click through all of those HTML 
L files either. I, I, will, mm-hmm. I think I clicked through most of them, but I clicked very fast. But then you mm-hmm. eventually get to, like, the expo floor, which I didn't really understand what that oh, was, yeah. but you just, like, show up at, it seemed like a some sort of developers conference or something. Yeah. And it, <laughs> I didn't, and there's just like eight characters there and it's like, mm-hmm. you can like see what they're doing. I didn't really understand how we got there from the haunted road, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. I think that ties back into, cause, uh, maybe I'll touch on this a little bit later or maybe, you know, maybe I'll touch on it right now. Maybe uh, you this, will. This game has some stuff to say, Jordan. Uh, or at least I think it has some stuff to say, uh, particularly oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Are you talking about seems, Bob's uh, I mean I guess Bob is related all <laughs> of the cyber pets are related but I think it has a lot of things to say about uh, the modern tech and startup culture and mm. their relationship to ethics and morals uh, <laughs> which is to say that uh, I think it's been a recent conversation at least uh, I've noticed this a lot as a person who works as a software developer in the technology field. Um, I am, well, I guess not even because of that, because most of the circles where I'm hearing this is like through games or other things, but, uh, a lot of, uh, modern technology people are, uh, finding there's many invasions of privacy or things that are done sort yeah. of without the consideration of the uh, moral or ethical uh, consequences of doing something. It's kind of like, hey, wouldn't it be great for our company if our software could uh, tell exactly where everyone lived and uh, do some like artificial intelligence machine learning stuff to decide if we should offer them our goods and services uh, and uh, programmers doing that without thinking, hmm, maybe our algorithms are uh per- political perpetual <laughs> yeah per- perpetuating political biases or oh. racial biases or oh, what we're gonna wait for this fire truck to go past yeah let's oh. do that <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh, this is the uh, anyway this is the programmer biases. ethics alarm going off yeah apparently. speaking of political biases oh it's the oh there's more oh man wow. shit's, shit's going down in uh chicago apparently mm. south side am i right i think it was Sorry. a fire truck you know Oh, okay. So I, uh, fire trucks are for the people. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Cops are no good. Fire trucks are for the people. <laughs> uh, but anyway, but anyway, there's sort of a a. Uh, and I don't know if this has been around for a long time, or I'm just old enough that I'm finally like getting more privy aware and therefore becoming privy to it but sort of people being like hey programmers should be taking ethics classes because it shouldn't be a thing where your company is like hey can we figure out uh based on where people live whether or not they should want to buy our thing or x or y or whatever and programmers just be like yeah we can do that it's it's kind of the whole uh cliche uh jurassic park thing of like they were so uh (laughs) preoccupied with whether or not they could do it that they didn't stop to think if they should yeah uh and I think that this game has uh, is definitely like in the conversation with regards to that because I a lot of the like uh, sort of 
lore that the game builds or, or uh, yeah that is built around this is that they there was this startup that was building these cyber pets and they got bought by a corporation and then they got really consumed in their work and then they got too far along and the software started absorbing employees literally uh, into it yeah like literally their their consciousnesses are put into these cyber pets and then there's even like a an email thread uh, that is like the parent company trying to cover up the fact that all the like these basically this startup all of the developers and people that worked on it got sucked into it and it kind of seems like uh, the whole reason uh, that this thing was never released was because the company that owned it was didn't want it to get out that these people had been absorbed by software, which is kind of <laughs> ludicrous. And obviously, it's well, like but, a, but yeah, it's, it's goofy. like I mean, it's like absurdist. It's like a kind mm. of yeah uh, absurd exaggeration of like a real attitude that like tech companies take towards oh, yes. their yeah absolutely. It's, it's like sorry to bother you. It's like, uh-huh. you know, sure. take, taking a, le- a real dynamic to a uh, comic. No, spoilers. I'm not, Actually, I won't actually spoil it. Yeah, but, don't spoil it. But that movie goes places. It does go places. <laughs> Similarly, like, take some, like, dynamic in modern capitalism and blows it mm. to surreal proportions. Yeah. Uh, in order to, like, really point a finger at something real. Yeah, which is uh, one way to say that, uh, you know think about the software you're making people and like think about the implications of it before you just fucking do it man yeah. <laughs> you know true uh and there's also a few things about uh i don't remember where this was but somewhere buried in there there was some other stuff about sort of gender biases against i think this might have been in that convention this was thing. this was is like, bob i think i know you're talking about yeah, oh is it bob the, yeah, yeah if you open like, the Bob doesn't think that women can be real software developers yeah, or something. So whenever for each for each new that. character that you encounter, it's got like a little title card for them with like a, a mm. simple pixel image of them and warnings mm. <laughs> like what happens yeah. if you open them. And the warnings for Bob are generic white guy likes hassling women and developer conventions over whether or not they earned a right to be there. Yeah. <laughs> Bob sucks, but also he, he is real. <laughs> yeah. I've met many a Bob in my day. <laughs> yeah. Get rid of the Bobs. People are there. There's a whole subreddit dedicated to Bob. It's called our gatekeepers. And that's oh, not, exactly. that's not like exclusively men, but it's overwhelmingly men. It was just like, yeah, like mm, moments I, of people no one being is surprised. I know. Right. <laughs> but mm. just like moments of people being ridiculously extreme in like gatekeeping a hobby mm. or profession being like you, mm-hmm. you're not a real xyz yeah i guess like you're not a real gamer yeah it's a yeah. lot of, i think it's just a lot of men telling women they aren't real things because they think it invalidates them which is stupid and it's very stupid, insecure stupid. too <laughs> yeah insecure ass men wake Come the on, fuck man. up bob well what will happen to ass, the bobs bob. of the world apparently is they will be consumed by Tot Ghoul. So that's what <laughs> that's what happens in this one. You find oh, yeah, you that find that, that they one of the like cyber pets was like haunting a file or something, and mm. they had to send someone in to deal with it. So he sent in Bob, <laughs> and Bob gets like I, I absorbed. Don't, I don't, absorbed by Tot yeah. Ghoul. And then one of the internal emails says, it's okay. He won't be missed. <laughs> yeah. Bob sucks. Y'all even the, even like the fictional, 
parent company that's sort of like evil software overlords think Bob sucks. <laughs> so like, don't be Bob folks. Open your eyes. Don't be Bob. Um, but anyway, we should talk about some of the other critters. Cause I think the critters are my favorite part. Uh, yeah. The, 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 uh, you know, the cyber pets. Yeah. Uh, you got, you got uh, Boogie, Gordon, Hobson, Louie, Meat Slug, Scrib, and Tat Ghoul. And basically each one of those is a, if you open up their directory, uh, like Jordan said, there's sort of like an image that uh, has like a picture and a little intro. And then if you click in, uh, the next directory down has like an executable, which will run the cyber pet. Mm-hmm. And then most of them have uh, at least one or two or three folders of other things. And that's where sort of all this narrative that we're talking about and alluding to comes from is from the sort of directories uh, where the exes are, uh, are sort of held where I guess we should make this clear for maybe people don't know exe uh, is a windows executable file. So it's a file that you click on and it runs. Uh, so basically any application mm-hmm. you're using on your computer is an executable file. Yeah. Oh wait. Uh, so what would it, is the Mac version? Would they all be like apps? DMG probably or mm. yeah. DMG is like a, the standard executable file. Like I really, assume it's, if I remember I haven't had a Mac in like almost, a year now but mm. don't you have to like mount all your dmgs in order to use them or something uh, i might be getting the file name wrong i've had a mac for about two weeks so okay. i'm not actually <laughs> I'm not i, actually I remember it being sure. like a whole ordeal to open a new app you have to move it to the apps folder and then oh yeah there is that whole weird thing yeah i'm not really sure how it works there but uh there definitely was a, a mac version on the yeah HP, there was so. Hmm. Um, but anyway, uh, do we want to talk about each one individually or do we just kind of want to hit the highlights? Uh, I think mostly the highlights, but we can go through the ones that we have highlights for one by one. Okay. Um, I thought that, uh, uh, so I did boogie first, obviously, cause it was the first yeah. one. And, um, I think boogie says something like, like I like how you have your desktop set up, yeah. Or something like that, and like uh, your files are tasty to me. I was really oh, yeah. expecting there to be like a like a moment when it actually reads your yeah, like something finds a on file. your desktop, like yeah, or like hello Blake or something. Like it reads the user yeah. profile name or something. I was expecting the same thing because he's kind of like. Uh, Boogie is uh, what does it call him like a data vampire or data something? vampire yeah. <laughs> uh, and so and it, it also alludes that, to turning other files into vampires when it bites them yeah so it alludes to sort of like he sort of fly, flies around your desktop sort of like saying little things and it's like and then it'll randomly do like a little bite and it's like mm. implying that he's like either biting your files to suck them of their life and delete them because <laughs> it doesn't think they're necessary or turning them into their own data vampires to like spread itself and it's like haha you've already opened me I, you've let the spread begin which as far as I know all of that is not real but I guess who knows this could be a giant con and there could be a virus eating away my computer at this very moment but um yeah, yeah boogie alien melon funny you know she's filthy rich from all the passwords her vampires oh, yeah. have stolen no she's stolen all my data um <laughs> no they, yeah. they steal your data but they don't do anything with it they just spit it back out <laughs> yeah that's that's funny. what Gord, I, gordon like uh he's a data zombie is the oh, next yeah. one you open he like just mm-hmm. he rolls around your desktop and then periodically spits out these little windows that say like they've just got a little image of a little green like 
vomit. Like vomit. It says like data, like regurgitated like, data or like, or like puddle of data. Puddle of data. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think uh, back to Boogie though. I think Boogie is, I think you're meant to open Boogie first since he's, you know, yeah. the first directory. And I think uh, he represents a, a good, like it's, it's a, it's a good sort of cross section of what these things are going to be. I think some, cause some of them are like more or less interactive. Like some of them kind of don't really do anything. They kind of just animate around, but I think yeah. Boogie does just enough to kind of like be a good uh, introductory, like check out this little guy. He's weird. And he's like kind of a high concept like thing. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah. it is kind of similar to like Clippy. I already alluded to Clippy. Yeah, I actually like, thought that little... was a great comparison that somehow didn't occur to me, but mm-hmm. they really are like Clippy, like these little like diminutive, cute, entities Mm -hmm. that float around your computer and well they don't give you advice but like talk about your Uh, files yeah (laughs) and i can't help but uh think that you know clippy was sort of inspiration because i think it's sort of a a, an outmoded uh idea that like well i guess it's not really outmoded it's taking a different form now but the sort of the idea of like a little virtual assistant that's like a little mm-hmm. critter i feel like clippy's the only one that i can think of right now but i remember there being other programs that were probably just copying clippy where it was like okay when you open up your program there's like this yeah. little thing it's basically instead of just a help icon noty. yeah it's like a cute little critter or some sort of sort of anthropomorphized uh object <laughs> Yeah, that's like, hey, I'm going to help you figure out how to use this, and I'm friendly, and uh, I'm software, because computers are great, and the internet's new, and it's all fun. (laughs) Uh, That uh, I think now has probably been largely supplanted by, uh, like, quote-unquote artificial intelligence, which uh, is a whole other, like, tech rabbit hole to jump down. But, um, like, something like Siri, I feel like, is the 2018 version of Of Clippy. Clippy. I mean, for, wi- of for a while, a- it was just like nothing. They just kind of like. Hey, we had to ask Jeeves. <laughs> ask Jeeves. Wait, is that ask what it's Jeeves. called? Yeah, but that ask was just Jeeves. a Google, yes. right? Like, I mean, that was just yeah, a exactly. Engine. But oh, it was okay. a, but it like <laughs> uh, ask Jeeves was originally like check out this little fancy British man named Jeeves. He's gonna yeah. answer your questions. It's like, no, it's just a search engine. Like, <laughs> come on. Um, but I I do think that this game is effective at sort of. Uh, playing back on those sort of memories of, or you know, two thousands, early two thousands software, be like, hey, we have to make everything cute and fun. It's like, no, not really. It's a computer. We we <laughs> people can figure it out. Uh, but uh, let's talk about my favorite. Uh, my favorite cyber pet. You ready for this one, Jordan? Which one? Louie. Was Louie the finger? No, Louis just a little green guy that just walks around and just occasionally goes just like. Uh. Oh wait, did I? Oh, what? I I never opened Louis. Okay, I'm opening. What? It now. Oh, Louis great. Oh my god, I, I see because I got I got you got Louis friend. Order. That's the finger. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, Louis great because <laughs> if you like read about him, it's like oh he never shuts up and it's just like a little guy that walks around and intermittently will just kind of be like oh. Yep, just I have like him open right now. Like That's a what he's doing. Yeah, I uh, once I opened it, I left him open for basically the remainder of the time I played because he just kind of <laughs> walks around. He'll just like sometimes he'll be like oh oh oh, eh, oh, oh. <laughs> or sometimes he just ah. dude. It occurs to me that uh, th- this 
game would be so fun to like troll your friends with <laughs> to just like, oh sure upload Louie to your friend's computer and leave him open when they leave the room. Oh yeah, <laughs> look how confused oh. they are with just a little like Teletubby walking around the bottom of their screen. Oh yeah, uh, but anyway, Louie's great. He doesn't do anything other than walk around and occasionally sing his song. Uh, but <laughs> he's so good. I opened it. I'm just letting him run around again. <laughs> Uh, oh man alright who else yeah. who else I, I also here? like that they all have um, little like death animations when you close them oh they, they're sad though they are a little sad <laughs> they like fall they like melt into a puddle or like get squeezed like a a rag you're wringing of water or like Louis mm. just like implodes <laughs> yeah um Alright, is there are there any other of the cyber pets that you want to talk about? We because there's a there's a bunch of stuff in here. I guess the yeah. thing about this game is there's just a bunch of stuff in it, and you should see it all for yourself, because even here in the descriptions doesn't quite do it justice. Because it's yeah. it's a kind of a surreal experience of just like clicking through your files and just seeing all this weird stuff. Um Oh no, I just closed Meat Slug and it made me sad. Oh, um did I have anything else rough. to say specific ones? Um, what does Scrib do? Let me open Scrib and remind myself. Oh yeah, he's like a little scribble. Mm. Yeah, Scrib is is weird. A lot of these are just are just weird, man. Uh, yeah, I don't really I mean, know what to are. what to do about them. What about uh, so there's some dark corners of this uh, collection of files. Uh, did you find some of the like really weird stuff that's in here, like the uh, the karaoke one? video yeah yeah i did i that really didn't make sense it's the, it kind of is unsettling so like there's just a bunch of stuff in here so at some point i'm just clicking through and there's like a video so i click it and open it up and it's just like uh a video of a woman singing about how much she loves her laptop yes and i was uh, confused at like is that someone she knows or is it her or is it, is her? it someone she found off like some it, video yeah. she found on YouTube. Did, did you There's another one where it's like this old woman, not old, but like middle-aged woman, like, like scrubbing vegetables. vegetables. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's uh, it's, I don't know. There's like, so there's something a little bit unsettling about some corners of this game. Yeah. Like just kind of like, what, what is this? Why is this? Why is this here? Well, I, I did think it was sort of a, it, it sort of fits in with the like, the meta story of the game, which is that you're like just rifling through uh, this this actual archive like of files. Archive, that, yeah. it, you know, they're just people's files that mm. have been archived by a museum. So there's mm. like, it wasn't clear like what the actual connection to the world is, but it's like mm. this is just some database of people's personal files, and you're like, yeah, going through them. Mm. Uh, and and that way, it actually reminded me like a tiny bit of her story sure uh, yeah. just that you're like the sort of like driving motivation of playing is just mm-hmm. like curiosity at rifling through this person's or this group of people in this case uh yeah personal life as archived on mm-hmm. your computer yeah um, i'm glad you brought up her story because uh it brings up sort of uh something that's come up time and again on this podcast which is that you and i are big fans of uh simulated computer interface i games. know they keep, we keep doing it <laughs> yeah which this is, isn't simulated like, though this is just like a game well, built i mean i guess mm, draw, it's almost as if i line. was going somewhere with this Jordan. Oh. <laughs> but, beat you yeah, to it uh that like lately 
or maybe it's not lately. Maybe it's just that we've started doing this podcast, so I'm more aware of uh, how many games out there exist that sort of simulate a computer interface for uh, like uh, parody purposes, or uh, you know, just sort of to make them more game like. I guess her story, it's not you know parody. It's just a a way to make the game work and to make it sort of. Mm-hmm. Uh, encapsulated whereas this game is just like hey what if it was just in your real computer operating system interface yeah uh which i think you lose something in terms of the amount of control because obviously her story it's like it's a simulated old computer where the only thing you can do is like look up this uh uh, look up these videos and I guess you can like play reversey, but that's kind of like a mini game basically. Whereas this game is a uh, very undirected and uh, you're just, you're literally just perusing files uh, on your machine. So it's, it's kind of interesting how this game takes that an extra step further in a way that honestly, I didn't even think was really possible. The way these executables are like, like I already mentioned, I want to know how the hell they yeah. made it work that you just have like these windowless little critters cruising around. Cause I've never seen yeah. that before. Well, I was already little, shocked I was when we played think of other, one other game we did that did something a little bit like that was, um, window frame yeah yes thank you i couldn't think what it was called but yeah that's another one where like the position of the window on your screen matters and the size changes like throughout the game so i Mm, guess that the game could could enact change upon it which uh i I wonder what kind of like weird magic you have to do to make that work yeah it Uh, actually kind of surprises me that like windows doesn't have like protections against protections or rules against that oh yeah Uh, because you know windows loves having uh, protections and rules for the sorts of files that can run on mm. it sometimes to the point of ridiculousness as i found out when i realized how incredibly hard it was to turn off this is going off a little tangent but mm. how hard it is to turn off the windows smart screen filter so that i could open all of the exe files in a folder mm. at the same time because a few of the folders uh there's a little readme that says oh open, open all, all the these ones. at the same time and you can't do that if Windows is warning you about the exe file yeah. before you open it. So I had to mm-hmm. find the setting to turn that off. It took forever. Oh, I didn't do that. I just opened them as quickly as it would let me, and I mostly got the effect. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I did. It did turn out to not be that important, but I thought mm-hmm. maybe there would be some timing things or something. Yeah, I think the more important thing is that all of the those pieces are on the screen at once, yeah. not necessarily that they're like perfectly in sync or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, but I, I guess I did want to sort of circle back to uh, talking about the sort of like random files that are exist and sort of why they're there. And I think those sort of contribute to the cursed feeling because I think this game is largely like lighthearted and kind of mm. fun. But there is kind of an uneasiness about uh, bits of it. Like obviously what is s- described to be happening while absurd is also very dark that like these like probably young like excited people have a startup and they're just like really excited to build something and they're exploited by this uh by this corporation and like uh, who encourages them to like keep building things and then it eventually be becomes their downfall and they get trapped by their own creations and then basically forced into hiding by the corporation trying to cover it up (laughs) and there's like a few different points where it's like ah please just let me run it feels good to be free again or something yeah yeah Uh, 
and it's uh or there's like the the meat one where it's like ah yes i'm meat i love to be meat all the time because i get to have the flavor of meat in my mouth all the time and then you like find out that there's some setting that was turned on and he's actually miserable and like wants to be set free but is trapped in this like wait which one is that that's the meat one that's just like a piece of meat with the bones oh yeah the files in it are like uh it's like cry for help one cry for help two yeah, and like yeah. most of them are just like oh i'm happy because i'm a piece of meat and then like two of them are like ah i'm actually not a piece of meat it's i'm trapped in here it's like uh that rick and morty the tiny rick thing remember that from tv wait pickle rick no tiny rick when he's gets turned into a teenager oh yeah, and yeah, yeah. everyone thinks he's cool <laughs> oh yeah yeah like, i do remember that one <laughs> this is not a dance yeah anyway <laughs> Sorry, I should never. I shouldn't have referenced. Uh, don't bring up Rick and Morty. <laughs> it's 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 still tainted ground. Uh, uh. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah. So the, sort of these like weird random files that are just kind of like a little bit unsettling uh, yeah. to me contributed to the feeling of like this uh, or the idea that this game is is cursed. Yeah, that's actually. I think that's a really good point. You could make like a really. Like, borrowing the format of this game, you can make a really unsettling horror game where it's, like, you're stumbling through the files and you, it, like, gives you this weird feeling of unease where you're, like, not 100% Mm. sure whether the file you've opened is part of the game or not. Or, like, you're not sure whether whether the game is making alterations to your computer or not. Yeah. I mean, given the, uh, sort of aesthetic... Uh, the holistic aesthetic of Alien Melon's itch page I f- and <laughs> the way this yes, game works. There is a style. I, I get the feeling that maybe one of her games is exactly that, is like this kind of like creepy, surreal. Uh, yeah, I mean, but it seemed like, like most of, like she tends to be more interested in like the the cartoonish rather than the like horrifying. I, I mean, I don't know. I haven't played any of the other ones. Yeah, I guess that's true. I haven't either, but it just seems like there very well could be one of her games that is, uh, like basically exactly what you described. Uh, and if not, someone should make it because it seems like it would work. I mean, kind of similar to, uh, what was that game we played with? Like the, it was like the ASCII, uh, watch porn and don't get caught game. Oh, um, uh, you must be 18 or older than her. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like a different way of using horror. And I think that it could be definitely very, Oh, look, look, alien melon jump scares for your desktop. That seems like exactly oh, what you just man. described. <laughs> uh, but anyway, it, it seems like there could definitely be space. If something like this could exist, which before today, I didn't think that it could exist. Uh, yeah. then it seems like that, could be a truly horrifying take on using a computer. <laughs> oh man. Um, I'm trying to think what else there was in this game that I wanted to talk. about. There's a ton of stuff in this game. I know is the but thing specifically. And yeah. And it, 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 it might be kind of boring listening to us to like describe what's just what's happening yeah. in this game. But I feel like, uh, if if it does sound inter- interesting at all, you definitely need to check this out. Yeah, you just have because, to. It's one of those things you have to experience. It's like halfway yeah. between. The, it's like part ARG, part like interactive narrative, part mm-hmm. surreal, uh, clippy 
recreation. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those things that, uh, like, it just makes me glad that stuff like this exists, that this is a thing that is possible. Yeah. Uh, because if you're taking in what probably, like, 80 or 90% of uh, gamers, quote-unquote gamers, are taking in, uh, you just have no concept of these things existing or that something like this even can exist. And I think that's kind of the whole thing of this podcast. And many of the games we play are already like most people don't know that a, this exists or B things like this exist. Uh, and I feel like to do a podcast like that for, uh, over a year now, and then to still hit something like this, where it's just like, I didn't know that a thing like this could exist is, uh, is awesome. And it's, uh, I don't know. I think it just goes to show how much the, uh, what we call games sort of interactive uh i guess the, the sort of blanket term for interactive digital media yeah uh has still has so much room for for growth and uh and innovation and just yeah. weird shit to happen that uh it's just i don't know it's a very exciting space right now yeah yeah i i i'm actually kind of curious to like do a little research and see if there's any other experiments that have been done like this because i mean i can think of a lot of we already mentioned this bit a lot of like ones where they simulate Mm -hmm. a desktop interface and i can think of a few examples of games that have like tiny bits of like stuff like this where the files on your computer matter like i think i mentioned this on the podcast before but there's this game one shot that i played recently that like Mm -hmm. early on it finds your username and then mm. inserts that into the game yeah. itself. Um, yeah, but, I. But, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No. Uh, oh, uh, sure I that. just I think it the the sort of like found. It's almost like a found footage story, right? It's like mm. a found file story. I feel oh, like you yeah, could do a like lot that. with that of just like like uh, a folder that it looks as if it were simply a folder from some mm-hmm. computer, uh, mm. and then the game is just like exploring it kind of detective like oh yeah uh, and i mean I, a lot of args have done stuff like this where they'll like mail out a usb drive yeah with stuff yeah. to all the players but um i'd be curious to see if anyone has done it sort of like in a purely digital yeah thing. i i get the feeling that it that it does exist somewhere out there mm-hmm. um and other games like the or other experiences like this exist and i hope the creator listens so she can sort of clue us in as to if there's like a whole community making these and if there's like a name for the genre i do like uh found file instead of found footage yeah, it's found kind file. of a uh found file you heard it here first first we hit you <laughs> that's what we do we aware. coin we coin genre video game genres we we coin genre names found file wasn't there another one uh i'm sure there was at some point <laughs> uh but but yeah i just i feel like if it's not the first one, I'd be definitely interested to see what others have done using a similar concept. Um, mm. It's just just awesome. So cool that stuff like this exists. Yep. Indeed. Indeed. Um, well, uh, do you have anything else uh, you wanted to say about this game? Uh, there is... This is just a really quick sort of jokey one. Mostly Good. there's one of the things that alludes, I think it's one of the emails that says, uh, uh, we should put it on a CD because CDs will last forever. Oh. And, uh, <laughs> that's a, that's a fun one. That's a fun little wink. Uh, I think it is good. 
Because even even at that time, they knew that CDs wouldn't last forever. Bit rot, you know, is still a thing that will most likely happen. Yeah, I mean, it's true that like it, it's funny how like secure digital information feels. Like it's hard to imagine. And par- partially it's because the internet we feel this way. It's like oh, everything is backed up somewhere. But in mm. reality, like digital storage is incredibly like fragile it's ones and in, zeros on a magnetic disc in the, or I in guess. the long term like uh, it's like apparently a huge thing in like mm. library science circles right now where they're like we don't even we haven't even like found great ways to archive stuff that's 10 years old and the technology mm. for archiving stuff is already changing yeah uh, so it's like it's really hard to and just the volume of information that's available for archiving now, it's hard to know like mm-hmm. what should be archived and what shouldn't be. So Yeah, and we, we don't really know. We haven't reached the limits of when the stuff is going to start not working. So we yeah. don't really know when to start being like, okay, well, all these old hard drives are, you know, all their data is going to be corrupt by the time they're 50 years old. So we need to back them up. It's just like at some point someone's going to open it and be like, oh, this one's corrupt. Maybe we should try and back up all the other ones. It's definitely... Yeah. I don't know, uh, sort of archival, uh, digital archiving is a huge thing. And actually, uh, now that you mention it, uh, archiving old games is uh, a, yeah. a movement that's happening big right now. I, I should try and find I know Steve Lynn, who's kind of a known among Twitter and other sort of in the gaming community as like uh, uh, the, the biggest games his- historian. Uh, I think he recently started a, a foundation uh, and his whole, uh, there's, there's multiple foundations that exist of like, okay, how do we preserve games and interactive media as mm-hmm. they existed in the time? Cause, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's an industry that's so obsessed with progress and like, okay, new consoles are out. Everyone get yep. the new console and the technology's yeah. advanced, but there are some games that it's actually really difficult to play because the original hardware doesn't run yep. anymore because it's yeah. old circuits I've, I've actually, that don't run like, uh, and can't be emulated. For my degree, I've mentioned this on the podcast before, I'm playing a lot of like older games from the nineties and mm-hmm. it's it's I had sort of not anticipated how much like uh work I have to do just to emulate some of those games even. Like mm-hmm. you have to like uh a lot of like old um point and click adventure games, it's been a pain to try and figure out how to emulate them. Mm-hmm. Uh on on my computer. So that's like hard. And then it'd be even even harder if you if you like wanted to like really play the original you know thing on the machine that it was designed for uh, mm-hmm. then be even even trickier yeah it's it's crazy if you're interested in this kind of stuff and preservation um mm-hmm. uh the video game history foundation is the uh is what i was referring to and it's actually I think Frank Cifaldi is kind of number one. I kind of, him and Steve Lynn, I kind of mix up because they're both guys whose tweets I see who have <laughs> just a ridiculous amount of knowledge about the history of video games. Uh, and they're both part of this uh, foundation uh, and hmm. uh, founding members. Uh, but you should check out uh, gamehistory.org if you're interested in sort of uh, the preserving of classic games and, and why it's uh, an important venture and uh, how it's happening and sort of how yeah. you can help and donate and take part in it. Um, yeah. And I think that's a, a pretty good note to uh, to sort of close the book on Cyber Pet Graveyard, don't you think? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, 
I was trying uh, to tie it up with a neat little bow, Jordan. Nah, it was, Don't it was, make it, it was weird. Enough. It was neat. Um, uh, we mentioned a few minutes ago that we'd be interested to hear uh, if any other games like Cyberpunk Graveyard exist. So I'm going to use that as my opportunity to plug our Twitter account and say you should follow us at EdgeGuardCast. And if you know of a game uh, that does this sort of found file uh, gameplay style uh, that Cyberpunk Graveyard does. Um, we'd be very interested to hear. You should uh, you should mention it to us, and we'll we'd play it. Um, but besides that, um, the game we're gonna be playing next week. Uh, you want to tell the people what it is, Blake? I will tell the people. It is Magic Sabotage, uh, which looks to be a sort of physics uh, puzzle game. Physics I think it's puzzle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, where you're like throwing little magical objects at stuff and knocking it over trying to solve puzzles it looks like something that would be on physicsgames.com uh it's, i've never heard games. of this physicsgames.com is a thing that, that's like a yeah whole i'll talk thing. i'll talk about it when we when we play the <laughs> next thing. week but it was uh yeah my my physics teacher in ninth grade would let us play games online but only if they were on physicsgames.com uh wonderful the but, the mini the mini clip for physics class no literally exactly that <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we'll we'll get to that uh, and more uh, when we when we speak to the listeners next week. Uh, until then, we say goodbye.